0: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host
1: and you travel well both of you travel quite a lot around europe going to football matches for different reasons any mm. and you are particularly good at finding good deals and oh, uh, i love a deal you had, but give, give, a give deal. people a little insight into how you do it what's the what's the top tips Top tips. Yeah. Site aggregators. Shop around. <laughs> Site <laughs>
2: aggregators.
1: I love what you talk like that.
2: <laughs> and then go from there. Be creative. You know, I went on a family holiday to Granada where my wife used to live the Easter before last. And by going via Milan on the way back, we saved 800 quid. Jesus. For four people. I mean, that's decent, isn't it?
1: One man who doesn't have to shop around for good flight deals is... Um, Luke Moore. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly do. Thank you very much. Um, no, I wanted, to, I wanted to segue seamlessly into this exclusive interview... To sport newspaper, the Spanish Spanish um, newspaper. Is this to promote Ramble Live? <coughs> yes, it is. Yeah, right. we've, we've been doing press with, with them. Yeah. We, we, yeah. The Spanish speaking market, particularly as we're not doing any shows in Spain, <laughs> is particularly key for us. But actually, as you've mentioned it, James, I should say, that I, lo- people... I
3: love how this is really subliminal. Now you've got people who are based in Barcelona thinking maybe I could get a cheap flight to, Yeah, come to, to a it, UK to date. Ramble <laughs>
1: to get tickets. We're going out on tour with Marcus, Jim, Pete, and I, and some special guests as well, um, who are featuring in some capacity. One or two of them might even be in this room right now. More <laughs> on that. When you come along, ramble is from Thursday, 26th of September through October and part of November as well. We're coming to a town near you in England. So do go and get your tickets while there's still some available. But aside from all of that, um, Leo Messi gave an interview to sport, Uh, I think it broke this morning. It's an exclusive interview where he talks about Neymar, Antoine Griezmann um, and some other bits and pieces. And the headline they've taken out of it. Now, I'm reading the English translation, of course. Andy and or James, you guys might have a a different take on this. But the headline they've pulled is Barca is my home. I don't want to leave, but I want to play in a winning team. Now, league champions. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Why is he giving an interview like this now is the the timing of this significant is it just because it's been the international break and they've been able to grab him for a a bit of time or is he sending a message here around his new contract and around the end of his career and where he wants to see it out
2: I think it can be both and I think it is both and uh, I think it's significant that it's after the closure of the transfer window after Neymar hasn't happened which he really wanted to happen what in
3: general Neymar hasn't happened. I would I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I think we can all get behind yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, speaking of which, <clears throat> I had to do an interview the other day
1: for Ramble Live, actually, and they asked me about the FIFA, um, the FIFA ratings on the on the EA Sports game. And they talked yeah. about Neymar, and they were saying, "What do you think? What do you think of his rating?" And I was thinking, well, "He hasn't played." <laughs> how on earth do you want me to give me a judgment on that when he literally doesn't play any football? J- Jaden Sancho was outraged oh, no, he his was. passing, wasn't he? He was, yeah. H- he how, was. That? how did Alan
2: Brazil feel about his rating? Because he had
1: a little card done, didn't he? I haven't seen Alan. I couldn't tell you, I'm afraid. Oh. Well, like we're like ships passing in the night, me and Alan, because he does breakfast and I do evening, so I'll never see him. Uh. Anyway, Lionel Messi, From Alan Brazil, one great striker to another. Lionel Messi, carry on. Neymar, he's, he's pissed off about Neymar as well, apparently. Y- yeah, he is.
2: Um, I think the interesting line... Uh, here about uh, Neymar, Re- reading from the interview, um, I would have been delighted if Neymar would have come. Uh, sincerely, I don't know if Barcelona did everything possible for him to come back. Mm. But it is certain that negotiating with uh, PSG isn't easy.
1: But is, is, there, is
2: there any... But that, that is not the first time that someone around the, the deal has said that. The sense that sure. Neymar did everything, like accepting a pay cut, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. He was clear on the terms quite a long way in advance. Did Barcelona do everything? And I think when you look at it, when you look at, for me, the key point is when they loan Coutinho to, to, to Bayern because he is the most obvious make way, knowing as they did all along and maybe they thought, and you always believe that brinkmanship will work, I suppose, in, in transfer dealings, especially with top clubs. Maybe they thought at some point um, Dembélé would have said, okay, if if I'm not important to you, yeah, I will go to, to Paris Saint-Germain, but he never wavered. Maybe that was something that was unprecedented or that the club didn't expect. Um, but w- when, when they trade away Coutinho, albeit temporarily, for savings, which are really, you know... negligible, yeah. Cents, cents on the euro. Yeah. Um, th- that create, created a, a big problem because everyone knew all the way along, everyone and I'm talking about the people listening here as well that Barcelona did not have the money to make a straight cash deal happen. Mm. So that, also, that I mean, there are three parties them.
3: in this transfer. There is Neymar, there is Barcelona and then there is PSG. PSG aren't going to be mugged off. They're all being mugged off by the player.
2: Mm. And <clears throat> although they did they did put themselves in the spot to be by telegraphing so early that they wanted him to go.
3: Yeah, fair, but at the same time I think they were right to stand firm. Mm. This is our valuation of the player. We might have a we, we might there, there might be some wriggle room on the on, on the price, but we're not gonna take, you know, ten of your worst players <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and basically you give us be a fifteen ground. million. Yeah. No, sorry. Yeah. So if
2: you know, only they still had Maxi
3: Lopez to trade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, apologies to, 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 Leonel, that he's feeling, you know, I mean, he does say I'm not disappointed ultimately. Mm. We just, we just maybe could have done better, mm. but it's like, you, they've signed Antoine Griezmann this summer.
1: It's well, like, well, Gr- well, James, this is going to, this is going to be the thing I wanted to push you both on because it's all very well thinking about what it means for Messi and <clears throat> perhaps what it, what it means to Neymar. Give us a sense of two things. one, the the extent of which Messi runs things at Barcelona because in this interview he's saying he doesn't. I don't think we probably agree with him on that. But secondly, how does this affect the dressing room? There are players who've come in. There are players who are decent players, decent to say the least. Senior pros, big new signings like Antoine Griezmann, who are going to see this and probably think. Hang on a minute.
2: Will they? I, I don't I don't think they will. I think at the biggest club in the world, or one of the biggest clubs in the world, you always have to be that ambitious. And I think everyone who plays for Barcelona is, is fine with that. What Messi is saying, I don't think can anywhere near be interpreted as an attack on or criticism of Griezmann, hmm. or even Dembélé, or anyone like that. It's an attack on the board. And the thing is, this is someone that Something that everyone has known for a long time. But Barcelona, despite having won eight titles out of eleven, are not brilliantly run. And this is not yeah, Andres, this is not just a case in the last couple of years. This is a case going back five, six, seven years. And for the the best player in the world and their best player to come out and say that is huge. It's absolutely huge. Especially uh, yeah, especially I, I, when I, I, he's got them over thing a battle, is, Like if,
3: if I am a player, right, for for Barcelona and I've been signed to come and play up front with you and Luis Suarez, I would be thinking, "Hang on a minute, I think I'm the guy who can finally replace Neymar." You've had a go with uh, with <clears throat> Dembélé, he's not, there to,
2: he's not there to replace Neymar. But, he's but, there to replace Suarez. But in, term,
1: but in terms of a but in terms of a presence and a personality and a kind of, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a star, being a star, you're talking about, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Like,
3: I'm never enough. Never yeah. enough for this. You I, know feel, I, mean?
1: I feel sorry for him and I'll tell you why. And, and this, this creates, man. Yeah, the question I... Yeah, but the I, thing is, Andy, the question I ask you, you you, you seem to interpret as being one of of ambition, of the fact that everyone knows the score at a top club and they do. But the, the. the, the I'm not trying to sensationalise this unnecessarily. You're saying you, that big players need their arses licked? You no, know, you've said it's it's massive. That's another thing, Andy. Yeah, <laughs> but maybe we can answer that a bit later. But... I'll just give you a couple of uh, people who won't, who won't have read the interview. I'll give you a couple of um, a couple of excerpts very very quickly. So the question is, question number one: Barcelona have brought in Dion, Griezmann, Neto and Junior. How do you value the squad this year? Is it better than the one from last season? Messi, I don't know if it's better or not. Barcelona tried to sign hey, Neymar. It's early days, yeah. Barcelona tried to re-sign Neymar, but it wasn't possible. Would you have liked to see him return? Honestly, yes. Do you think Barcelona did everything possible to sign him? To be honest, I don't know. This 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 is. This is clearly designed, surely, with these answers to send a message, uh, something you've said, which I agree with, that he's the big and dick around here. He's got them over a barrel and he's the one who's disappointed in this and he wants to make it clear. Oh,
3: I mean, yeah. <laughs> listening to those soundbites there. And Gresman, could,
1: meanwhile, could be, sitting in the corner going, everyone, I am still here, you know.
3: Uh, it, it, it might, there might not be any kind of agenda at all behind this. It might just be a very honest uh, answer to these questions. It's like, I really don't know. I don't know that they, everything they... they <coughs> it's know naive though, heavy. no, at least. Yeah, yeah, sure, but like... <coughs> yeah, I don't, maybe I don't he, think that's maybe, possible. Maybe he doesn't know.
2: <laughs> I, 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 I don't think that's possible if, if you're one of the, the biggest players in the world and you know that every word that you drop carries, carries a huge weight. I think mm. you're aware of that. He also and goes and on to say it? later, Andy,
1: he was desperate to come back. I don't know if the club really tried or not. What I do know is Neymar was hoping it would happen. This is mad. It's, I think it's mad to say this.
2: I, I think an even uh, bigger line is the one um, where he talks about um, you know we never asked for the signing of of, of Neymar. We, we just gave our opinion, and then he goes on to say, "Do I do I run things?" And he says, "Well, what's happened is is shown that that's not the case." That is a huge line. <laughs> that, that is a huge yeah. line to say. Yeah. Well, if I was if I was the president, it wouldn't run like this. Mm. It's a huge criticism of the board. The board that has been, or successive boards that have been looked into, for the signing of Neymar, the relationship with Qatar, the the, the way that Barcelona is nowadays, that the, the fact that there've been all these expensive failures in the transfer market, and you know we talked about uh, Coutinho and Dembele as, as as part exchange. I mean, surely a huge part of this Neymar thing was it was their opportunity to get rid of these but guys. Isn't mm. this
3: another case of Neymar just kind of? I mean, he's. If you, he, if
2: you if you want to blame it on him, I'm here for that. All, he, <laughs> he, he's
3: he's like raised expectations among the Barcelona dressing room or the key people in that dressing room and Barcelona fans are Neymar's coming back. And yet again, he's causing problems for them because. Yeah, him essentially leaving, and he left because he, he he felt that he needed to step out of Messi's shadow. Let's not forget that. Yeah, Messi's still there, but he left um, by basically encouraging PSG to pay a buyout clause, and all of a sudden, everyone knows that Barcelona have a you know 220 million euro burning in their pocket, and they have to sell it to satisfy people like Messi. We've got to replace Neymar. We've got to replace Neymar. They don't. They they essentially panic buy. I think you know Dembele and Coutinho are good players in their own right. It hasn't worked out for them at Barcelona so far for whatever reason. And now all of this is happening again. And I think they probably look at this transfer window. And if you were to completely uh, isolate all the Neymar stuff, you'd look at it and think, they've signed Antoine Griezmann and Frankie de Jong. Mm. I mean, that's mm. that's pretty damn good. Mm. And yet because of all the, the the hype and the fuss and everything about Neymar, you have probably got a player there who feels he has to go to a newspaper and goes, "Oh, no, we haven't got Neymar." Yeah, I,
1: I, I, I. I, I so ah. that, that's the situation as we as we see it. Then I, I don't disagree with that, James. But let's let's perhaps try and explore a bit what this could mean for Leo Messi and for Barcelona. So give people a bit more of the context about where he is with his contract, where he is in his career, what he might do next, what's going to happen. Because we we, I suppose I don't know if you guys are, but I subconsciously maybe always. Assume that he's going to spend his whole career at Barcelona. Yes, um, but what what does this mean? What does this kind of interview do, and what does it mean going forward? Well, this this follows on the the
2: back of the the, the story that came out in, in some quarters that he had the option to leave at the end of every year of his contract. Mm-hmm. Um, now they've let themselves get in a position where they let him run down to the last year of his contract before. Mm. Um, so and you know they've they've been caught short before with with the Neymar thing as well. So whether Barcelona fans have a complete confidence uh, that the club has this in hand at their level, I think is, is a big question. Mm. I think we just go back to that headline as well, though. Um, This is my home and I don't want to go, but I want to win. Now they're always winning in the league. So what does that mean? That means the champions league. Mm. And I think some of this is reflected disappointment. Certainly, Um, a lingering feeling that what happened against Liverpool was a real body blow as well. Because I think you've got to remember at the start of last season where Messi got on the pitch when they had the presentation to the fans at the Trofeo-Gamper and said, well, look, this year we've got to make a better job of things in the Champions League. The Champions League is our aim. And so not just to go out, but to go out in the way that they did last season, which well, as, the season before, yeah, which as <clears throat> as a, a, a Catalan journalist, who I, I can't remember who it was, apologies, wrote directly after the Liverpool second leg. Well, at least no one to talk about the Roma exit anymore. <laughs> and you know, to to put that in the shade in that way just shows how how big that is. Now, I think you look at some of the reaction, and I think you have to take with a pinch of salt the. Uh, reaction of some fans globally because that doesn't necessarily reflect what's happening directly ar- around the club. And of mm. course, Barcelona are very keenly followed all around the world. But you look at like, some of the, the the online, particularly, and fan reaction to the... Barcelona against... TV.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Barcelona fan TV. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, to Athletic. On the on the first day of the season. It's all about net spend. The, <laughs> it's all about netto spend. <laughs> yeah. I, I think if you look at the reaction to... Dinero Niro, bruv! De Niro, bruv! <laughs> how, that, when they lost to the Athletic on the opening day of the season, which in any, any other context, I think is, you sell that and you're like, well, okay, they're minus Messi, Luis Suarez gets injured early on they're a little bit short anyone can lose it. like anyone can lose at Athletic yeah. it's one of the most intimidating on the opening
1: day as well yeah it's
2: one of the most intimidating grounds in La Liga but all of a sudden it became a big for a lot of fans um, especially all around the world um, it became oh, Valverde why, why didn't they get rid of him because the feeling of what happened in Liverpool is still there what can he do domestically to erase that feeling he can't do anything domestically mm. The idea that Messi is on board with that idea is something that should be more concerned. But,
1: but do we. So, this thing you talked about with the contract clause at the end of each season, we, the interpretation of that has been that that means he can go back to Argentina, though, right? Not that he can go to any other club in Europe.
2: That's a big assumption. That's a, that's a big assumption. It's, because, what <laughs>
1: it's what I do. It's what I do.
2: But Barcelona's more is is home than Argentina. I mean,
1: we presume... Yeah, but Andy, didn't, has... you, didn't you say the clause was related to the idea that you can go someone that's not a direct yeah. competitor of Barcelona?
3: I mean, if I were drafting that clause, I'd be like, well, you can't go to Man City for free at the end of the season. <laughs> no! <laughs> but, <laughs>
2: oh, again, that's you're
1: not on the <laughs> board at
2: Barcelona. Same person
1: who's doing the tax has done that clause. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've,
2: they've made so many horrendous errors at board level, mm. particularly relating to contracts and transfers. So you don't can, think it, that is the case? Say, that isn't the case then? I don't know. But okay. I'm, I'm saying, can we say with full confidence that they've covered themselves against it? No,
1: we can't. We can't we will watch it with interest we will watch it with interest apologies people listening I wasn't expecting Annie to finish that sentence quite so abruptly <laughs> which meant that I was in the middle of taking a swig of water and it is water do you want me it's to say we, we one can't hydrant. one more time <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's really an interesting developing situation it might just be Leo playing silly buggers I suppose well it's, uh, it's, it's, likely, it's,
2: it's likely to be leverage isn't it
1: yeah I think so
0: yeah your <laughs>
1: Let's talk about the international fallout then. Um, we've had an international break. Some people are upset about it. Um, <laughs> some people are very happy about it. I quite enjoy it. I mean, I don't really like the timing of it necessarily, but I like watching international football, so it's fine by me. Why would you be upset if you were waiting for the Albanian anthem? I know. Exactly. We, yeah. covered, we covered that on Monday. Jane, I don't know if you, you might not have heard this, but on Monday, we talked on, on the Rambler Monday with the other guys, we talked about... Um, uh this national anthem thing with that France versus Albania. You've seen that story, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I I also dug out a um and if, you haven't, if you're listening to this now and you haven't heard this, go back and listen to Monday's episode because um, we found a video, a, 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 I think it was a Malta game. I can't remember who they were playing. Right. And they played the Pokemon na- national No, anthem. no, that was just Pete. No, <laughs> they they played a Malta game and, and, the, and the Maltese national team are standing there waiting for the national anthem and the stadium announcer accidentally plays uh, Numb by Linkin Park <laughs> and stops it really quickly. <laughs> Everyone starts laughing. Anyway, it has been the international break. Um, the, the did, big... did he apologise to Bush afterwards? Yeah, exactly, yeah. They apologise to uh yeah Bush. That's that's not really the same era though. I've got a problem with that. Yeah. Bush is a lot earlier. Could apologise to Liv Bizkit, perhaps. Yeah. Right. Papa Roach. Papa Roach. <laughs> now you're talking. Now you're talking. But I would suggest um the big stories from the international break in the context of this show are probably France rambling on without Kylian Mbappe and Portugal and their ridiculous uh forward options. Um Although James, aren't Italy going on great guns as well at the moment?
3: They are, but they're not quite as gung ho as uh, the Portuguese we're in terms come of up their against, lineup. But yeah, they're
1: not coming up against the Lithuanian goalkeepers. That, the the <laughs> Portuguese coming oh up <laughs> <laughs>
3: that know, second do you know, goal is amazing. <laughs> do, do, do
2: you know what the thing is though? In the all the papers in Portugal the next day. They're like Cristiano Ronaldo, now on 93 international goals. Yeah. They're just 16 behind Ali Dai. And I'm like using my fingers because I'm not great at maths. I'm like, hang on. He'd scored 89 after he scored at the weekend against Serbia. 93. That would mean he scored four goals. He is not having that second one. <laughs> he is not having <laughs> that second one. Has it been taken one. off him? So it's interesting. I mean, it is,
3: if, if you haven't seen it, go and watch it because he, he has a shot from outside the area. It bobbles, it bobbles, it bobbles and the goalkeeper goes to save it and makes a hash of it and the ball leaps up and then hits him on the back and goes in yeah <laughs> but it's not even like it coming off the post and so, going off off the back well, of from point blank range he's Probably pretty much on his six-yard box when he when he makes so, that as, save. As, as yeah. I it's a like,
2: classic bad plastic pitch goal, isn't yeah, it?
1: As, as I understand it. If it hits the post, comes out, hits the keeper and goes in, it's the keeper's own goal. Yeah. If it if it if the if the ball maintains its forward trajectory and it's on target, it counts as a as a goal. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's really
3: weird backspin. It comes, really back, it comes, backspin, back, it comes it?
1: backward and hits him on the back. Yeah. It's it's not going in. Hmm. We'll have to revisit. He's been given it anyway. He's been okay. giving it for now. For now, time of recording. He's been giving it. I don't imagine they'll be in the business of going back and taking away qualifying goals against Lithuania from Cristiano Ronaldo. That will cause more trouble than it's worth. What, what Whatever they,
2: the what they of that. really need to do is eighteen months down the line, like organise a friendly against
1: like. Kuwait or the pharaohs or something like that and well that, let's, that, that'll let, do the job won't it yeah exactly let's let's talk about Portugal then because I mentioned Italy they've won a the six out of six they're going great guns England are flying through their um qualifying group as you'd expect Belgium are doing very well y- you mentioned we, we talk about Portugal. bring back the
3: nation's league well a bit what? of competitiveness
1: well Portugal are making a making a good fist about making it competitive you, see, you, yeah. you laugh but I-, I felt like that throughout the international break
3: you No, know, no yeah I mean I felt that as well. Although there are two groups which look quite competitive Portugal being one, France being another. But the that's, rest. That's why, why
1: like I'm it. desperately trying to introduce Portugal into this <laughs> okay.
3: because they are second in the group behind
1: Ukraine. They drew nil-nil at home to Ukraine and they are now five points behind them, admittedly with a game in hand. But we talked at the top of this about this amazing set of forward options they've got Cristiano Ronaldo, João Felix, Bernardo Silva, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They've won two and drawn two in a very eminent, I would say, an eminently winnable group. Um, it's not all going entirely their own way. No, but this international. This is Portugal, on the other hand. Uh, yeah. of course. Yeah, there's, there's it... no playoffs. So they'll be confused. <laughs> <laughs> this
2: international group has gone perfectly to plan and there would be a playoff for them of course if they finish third because they won their group
1: in the Nations League oh so they have a different type of playoff yeah exactly be, okay. maybe well, that's what they're going if, for
2: if there's a playoff they haven't experienced I think they yeah. owe it to themselves to experience can they play Scotland It'd be annoying for Scotland wouldn't it I imagine yeah carry on sorry carry on I, I think um you, you look at it and the fact that they were coming into into this international break with home draws not just draws but home draws against Ukraine and Serbia to go to Serbia and win was the biggie. I mean, you expect them to win in Lithuania and they made heavy weather of it for a bit even though they ended up winning 5-1. You know, they, would, they mm. were level at half time and Lithuania mm. had, had come back into it and the, their game plan was working really well actually, the Lithuanians mm. to just defend and, uh, and break. Um, Portugal had to go to Serbia and win
1: because they didn't beat them at home, did they? Yeah, ex-
2: exactly. Do, do you think that's mm. why was massive, we've massive.
3: seen that team selection that, um, that Santos has put out where I mean, they already have a lot of attacking talent. You just don't expect...
2: Uh, how- to all play at the same time.
3: Oh, yeah, pretty much.
2: Yeah, uh, and you know what? That was part of the thing that didn't really work in that, that first half like They uh, in Lithuania. They went with this 4-3-3 where you had um, Cristiano Ronaldo, Bernardo Silva and Joao Felix up top with um, Bruno Fernandes in,
1: in just behind... <laughs>
2: And yeah, it didn't really
1: happen. Do you know who really catches my eye in that, in that Portugal team? And I, I make no apology for saying this, and he managed to get a goal late on as well, William Carvalho. Because, he scored in both games. Yeah, because yeah. the reason he's so brilliant is because he never looks like he can be bothered to run. And he's the only player at the very top level that I can think of that consistently, in in 2019... When he passes, just admires the pass. He don't, he don't follow it. He don't bombing <laughs> on, get into the box. He just passes it.
2: But yeah. you, you look at you look at the numbers, and I know that's not what this podcast is about. No, but you you look at the numbers, and in terms of speed, acceleration, and covering ground, he's.
1: Up there and beyond most. It's funny though, isn't it? Because you also know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you, Andy? Yeah, I do. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. He, he, he does look very leisurely. There's, I there's thought no you were talking about,
3: about Andy's five-a-side game there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. like, right. But
2: they do have so. I mean, mean, I'm not rocking the moustache. That's the difference.
1: <laughs> if we if we skirt around um, the continuing phenomenon that is Jose Font, um, there's a lot of. Very, very top level attacking players in there that people will um, will recognize: Bruno Fernandes, Ruben Neves, Bernardo Silva, Cristiano Ronaldo, João Felix, and um, of course
2: the fact that they brought Rafa on for uh, Benfica yeah. on for Bruno Fernandes, and that's where it really started to quick click when they moved to this and Grealish came out as well,
1: didn't he as well. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I
2: mean, the idea was to use him against Serbia because they thought they would play on the counter a little bit more. When they thought they would make the play more against Lithuania, then. Joao Felix came in. Mm. And, um, you know, it, it worked eventually, even mm. though they needed the little helping hand from the the, the, the goalkeeper. But uh, <laughs> what what I liked about the way they played in Serbia in, in that first game in Belgrade, as you say, it was a game that they really had to win. And it's a game they went out and they had the guts to win. And I think if you look at Fernando Santos and you look at the way they won Euro 2016, you think of all this immense talent coming into the, the, the Portuguese team. You know, it's not just limited to attacking players, even though they're some of the more eye-catching ones you do have, uh, Florentino from Benfica, who's mm. going to be absolutely huge for them in midfield, Ruben Dias, who's playing next to Jose Font, who's already a tremendous centre-half. Um, you look at the Euro 16 team and you think, is Fernando Santos really the right man with this very defensive mentality? And, you know, of course, he was coach of Greece for a long time and he, he, he coached the big big clubs in Greece as well. And, you, you know, there was, there, there was a lot of, posh Greece about Portugal in, posh Greece. in, in Euro yeah. 2016 <laughs> Greece with A-levels exactly <laughs> and you think how is he going to assimilate all this great young talent into his existing philosophy Just chuck them in and I think the fact that he started to manage to do that hmm. and the way they defended in Serbia if, if you'd have told me before that they were going to defend like that I'd have thought well that's mad. They're not going to win this game that they really need to win. I mean, they also have
3: Shao Cancelo did. playing who yeah. is not a defender. Yeah. <laughs> Cancelo yeah, is yeah, essentially...
2: I think, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's notable that he started the game in Lithuania rather yeah. than the game... He's also not been playing, playing, has
3: he? Not, Since for, he moved. not for City no, just yet. Not
2: yet. No. But uh, the, the point is that they went there to Belgrade with the bravery to to win the game. And they left the back door open a little bit, but they almost backed themselves to, right, okay, we've got the attacking talent. We're going to score more goals than you. They rode their luck on occasions. But that, if if you take that game in isolation and then wind back to the way they won Euro 2016, it Hmm. feels like a different coach. It isn't a different coach. And Fernando Santos will still say before and after every game, look, I don't care about the style. Almost like, Max Allegri, he'll, mm. he'll he'll just say, "I want to win," and that's the most important thing. But the mm-hmm. the fact that it's almost player led, this next step of 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 Portugal's development, I think, is really interesting.
1: We're also seeing. I mean, you talk about leaving the back door open, and of course, people listening would have seen England against Kosovo the other night and, and doing exactly the same thing. And and we've and we've talked well, on this. this show This seems about,
3: like a trend across the. Well, that's about to say. I, I mean, I, a
1: number of goals. Yeah. I was, was exactly my point I was going to make. We talked on this show about how promoted teams in England and throughout Europe are now going for it. They're going to try and score goals. They're going to take people on. You look at a team like Dortmund in in, in the Bundesliga, they've considered five league goals already this season mm-hmm. in, what, three games. So it is happening a lot. Um, James, one thing that fascinates me is Italy's um, Italy's progress because it doesn't seem like an awful long time ago we were talking about them being really on their heels and, and being in a bit of a shit state to be honest and yet they're breezing through qualifying they're doing well and they've just picked up a couple of, it's definitely one away was it two away wins in their in their qualification one yeah. was against
3: Finland of course they've they've been perfect in qualification so far they've won every game they've won uh, their last seven um, including friendlies and Yeah. Under Roberto Mancini, the the last year, the mood has changed completely. And I think he deserves credit for that because of uh, the faith that he's put in young players, some of whom had not uh, made any appearances in Serie A. He just basically looked at them and said, these guys reached a final at the under 19 euros. I think they're pretty good players. I'm going to include them in my squad and I'm going to play them. And that was a cue for their club managers to look at the likes of Niccolò Zagnola or Moise Keane and, and give them opportunities. Um, James,
2: but, did people expect Mancini would be that good at doing this?
3: I think there was not scepticism of Mancini, but they looked at uh, his recent track record in club management and thought this this is a guy who maybe has had his day, who needs the Italian national team job more than it needs him. Yeah, um, Because of what had happened at Galatasaray, Zenit... Um, his second spell at Inter um, as well, um, but he's been very uh, courageous, I think, and uh, uh, and has, I suppose, taken the the same one line that's been consistent throughout his career as a player and the manager, which is he was a very precocious young talent who, you know, by the age of sixteen, was ready to play in Serie A and was ready to give his best at the top level. Felt he was better than a lot of the seasoned pros around him, and he looks. At players like he did with Mario Balotelli when he was at Inter. He's like, this guy's ready to play. Let's play him. Mm. And he's been doing that with um, with the national team. Um, but I also think this goes to show just how bad Giampiero Ventura was. Just <laughs> always, because, a, always room for a dig, be, isn't there? Always. Because that talent was there. Okay, maybe Zaniolo and Keane weren't ready to come in. Barella maybe needed another year. Chiesa as well. Um, but there was a good generation there, and certainly Ventura had a better crop of players to work with than Antonio Conte did. And Conte, you know, reached the Euro quarterfinals. They went out on penalties. I think if they get past Germany, they probably win that competition. Yeah, he was he was absolutely maxing what he had. And yeah. uh, and so Ventura um, takes still takes a lot of credit for introducing players to the, the national team setup, giving them a few minutes here and there. Um, but Mancini has uh, really transformed the the atmosphere uh, around the team. I think players are enjoying um, being called up for the for their country again. And you look at the style of football they're playing. Okay, in the last couple of games, they um, they won both in Armenia and in Finland, but they didn't always play well. But they've got he, he is someone who believes in in talent and and talent winning games, and I, I think. There were some mitigating circumstances for them not playing all that well in the last fortnight because in yeah they've only had two games. Mm. Um, the international games come very quick. Some were involved in in the Euros under uh, twenty ones, which was hosted by Italy, and they put a really strong squad out. In the, in the summer and haven't come back to, to training until late so all those things need and of course with all these international managers they haven't seen their players for four months yeah, yeah, many yeah. of them unless they're involved in the Nations League and that sort of thing so it's, again all, all the kind of things that they've worked on in yeah you know, between last September and March um, you know, you have to refresh and that takes that takes a bit of time. But he's certainly done a good job.
1: I, I would, I mean, I am not expect to get, do a deep dive on Finland, but they're doing pretty well in their group as well. I mean, they've they, they only narrowly lost to Italy and, then they, mm. and they're second in the group. And if they got a draw out of that Italy, Italy game, I think they've still, still got two home games to play, one of which is against Liechtenstein. It's a yeah.
2: unique opportunity for yeah. them. And actually, yeah. despite the fact that they conceded that winner to Italy, yeah. what worked so well for them is Liechtenstein equalising in Greece mm. more or less at the same time mm. and so even though they lost the point against Italy I don't think they'll be too down high well like I that.
3: mean Luke ultimately it's not how they start it's how they finish. the Italian <laughs> by <But on> the <laughs> way is, is there still beef I mean I might
1: have dreamt this hopefully not but is there still beef between Mancini and Conte after that when Mancini piped up about Conte using naturalised players do you remember that? he brought in was it Eder well, I mean, came in?
3: ultimately Mancini um, it's a bit rich given that the player who's played the most under Mancini him Mancini is, is very
1: rich famously <laughs>
3: <laughs> the player who's who's clocked up more minutes and more starts under him is Jorginho um, <laughs> so he changed his tune is what you're saying uh, uh, and also um, one of the, the but he did say that didn't he impact. he did say that about Conte I can't remember it, it would not surprise me no. I, and again I think that reflects how he believes that there is a good enough a crop of young players coming through and you just have to be more daring. You don't have to wait for them to start in City. A. You don't have to wait for them to play in the Champions League. You can just throw them in and and, mm. and, and, and get them experience immediately. Um, but yeah, I mean, two of the players who who stood out um, over the last fortnight are Jorginho and Emerson Palmieri. Mm. Um, Emerson, who got injured early in the second game against Finland and, and that took a bit of momentum away from them. But I, I think it's no coincidence, again, that those... Players have played four Premier League games and the guys that they were joining up with have played what two City A games and they were they were readier, fitter, yeah, and, and okay, and more acclimatized. But yeah, it, to, to your point, ultimately, you know, you become pragmatic yeah. when you're <laughs> your national team manager. You even though they've got a good group of players, that you take what you've got, and if the best are guys who've either played in Italy for a long time or have been able to, you know. Um, reflect their heritage you know, three generations back in Cosenza, Calabria or something like that, then go for it.
1: Uh, Andy, you wanted to talk about France very quickly. I know they lost to Turkey a while back, but their train rumbles on. I mean, you expect them to beat Turkey at home, wouldn't you, next month, and then that'll be that, will it?
2: Uh, Yeah, although Turkey have come a long way. I don't think that's necessarily a a given. It's something that they'll have to approach in the right way. Um, Clearly, the win over Andorra is, is what it is. I think that was yeah. par or slightly below uh, to, to beat Andorra 3-0. Um, but the... Uh, all, all what happened with the anthems in the Albania game... <laughs> Just why you want to kind of talk about this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of... Uh, well, it, it kind of overshadowed the fact that they were fantastic without Mbappe. They were really, really good in that game against uh, Albania. Um, after, you know, you are talking about um, Antoine Griezmann earlier... I think when he goes to Barcelona, just to retouch on that a little bit, he knows that he's there as like the dog of war in the front line. He knows he's Mm. not the star, and this I think the game against Albania and the performance against Albania, and of course he missed a penalty in each of these games. Mm. But it's no wonder
3: Messi's piping up,
2: (laughs) missing uh, Neymar. It'd be a bit rich for Messi talking (laughs) about penalties. (laughs) It'd be a bloody miracle if he got to take him at Barcelona. But. um, Either way, like the fact that, and of course, part of it is the context of the game, the, the games, but that he missed penalties in each of these games, but it's not a big deal mm. because of his all-round contribution. I think because of the way we perceive um, Grier's man off the pitch on social media and in the traditional media at large, it's a bit like David Beckham. You can forget what he is as a player. And what he is as a player is not just extraordinarily gifted, but someone with an incredible work ethic. Mm. And that's what we saw against Albania. He was he was absolutely outstanding for everything he
3: did. not I mean just the amount of thought he put into the decision. Mm. <laughs> I mean,
0: Si 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 si, Henri, oui, monsieur, monsieur, je m'appelle Henri.
1: James, um Fiorentina. Let's talk about Fiorentina. Terrible season last season. <laughs> new owner now. He's given it the big licks. You're off there later for the game against Juventus. Mm-hmm. Fiorentina hate Juventus with a burning <laughs> passion. The burning passion of a thousand sons, as they would probably put, put it. What is expected of this new owner? What are Fiorentina looking to do this season? We've already seen perhaps
3: a surprising move in them picking up Franck Ribéry. Um, what, what's going on there? So there's great enthusiasm in Florence at the moment. Um, And in part, anyone who is not the former owners, the Dele Valley brothers, would be welcomed as hero and liberator, Mm. which I think is really harsh on the Dele Valley brothers because ultimately they rescued Fiorentina. They gave the club's identity back. We're talking about when the club was bankrupt and had to start really from the the bottom um, and couldn't even call themselves Fiorentina. Uh, And they... You know, bought back the rights to the name, the badge, got them promoted to Serie A, got them into the Champions League, got them to a Europa League semi-final, mm. a Coppa Italia final. Um, but ultimately, when they were unable to um, progress their plans for a new stadium um, and some other projects, they gave the the impression of losing interest. Um, let's say, which again, yeah. I th- I think is again is is pretty harsh when when they tried to go all in on a big signing, Mario Gomez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It didn't come off. And another one of the players who was really special for them, uh, Pepito Rossi suffered two really bad knee injuries. Mm. So Camiso, who's who's bought the club, um, he yeah, he has been welcomed as the guy who's uh, going to lead Fiorentino into a into a new era. Um and the reception he's got, and also the way he's approached. <clears it. throat> You're right. You got a bit of a a bit of a runner in your throat there, mate. <laughs> it's nice frog in the throat there. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's 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 good. I've I've cleared my throat. A good now. man. Okay. Um, but he has come in and he has done all the kind of right things. Really, in terms of what he's said so far, he's like you know, I don't want to lose money on 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 this on this project. Yeah. But um, I'm not here to make money either. It's a passion project. I turned 70 in November. I've always wanted to own a big football club and I finally got my opportunity. And well, he said
1: he wanted to give a bit back to the sport he loves and the country that he loves, didn't
3: e- he? It's exactly. Nice, and, yeah. and again, this is something that, that sets Comiso apart because he is from the States, but you know, with his name, Rocco Comiso, his family is from Calabria and he speaks uh, Italian mm. and uh, he does all of his media um, uh, engagements in Italian. And he... He's been really approachable he you know he'll come outside of his hotel and take selfies give uh, impromptu interviews um before the first home game against napoli, which was a great game uh, seven goal thriller four three to napoli wasn't it uh, he yeah. was he was going behind the goal um to see the the ultras in the of Fiesoli he was holding a big um purple and white stars and stripes uh, banner and uh, and then he was he was sat in the stands and this is someone who is has has instantly tried to be really close to the supporters and that contrasts with the De Valley brothers who become very distant right. from them but because of the reaction he got he said I I went back to New York and I was like I have to do something for these fans you know and yeah. he, and and that something is Frank Rebury is Frank Rebury yeah yeah um and who arrives on a free transfer um he's paid handsomely but at the same time it is incentives-based. Um, I think Ribéry had more lucrative offers on the table. But I think we've spoken about Ribéry before. If you look at what they've done as a whole, I think they've made 13 new signings. But they haven't started, They
1: haven't got a win no. in the league this season yet, and they're playing Juventus next. So, I mean, we, we're going to find out the kind of temperament this owner's got, because Italians, Italian owners, notorious for this kind of shoot-from-the-hip style, if, if that's fair for me to say that, if they get beaten heavily by a good
3: Juventus team, What's he going to be saying next? So But
2: that's not just the thing in isolation, is it? It's the question over Montella. Well, mm, uh, true, uh, exactly. Uh,
3: and Montella, since he replaced Stefano Pioli in the spring, did little or nothing to buck the trend and stop the rot, essentially. Mm. Fiorentina, remarkably, for a team that in February beat um, Roma 7-1 to get to the, the, the Coppa Italia semifinals, then just collapsed and they needed uh, a result on the final day not to go down, which is just incredible, really. Mm. And Is that they, unthinkable for a team like Fiorentina? I mean, look, they've, they've got into situations like this before. But more generally speaking, historically, you think of Fiorentina as being a team that challenges for Europe. Um, mm. And for them to be, find themselves in a relegation battle with the talent that they had... Um, was really surprising. Um, and I think some of that is on Montella. He was like, finally, I get fresh start pre-season. We're going to bring in some new players so we can play my kind of football. Mm. But as you mentioned, Luke, they've suffered back-to-back defeats. They still haven't won in the league at home since December, <laughs> which is astonishing. Yeah. Um, and And given all this enthusiasm that there is around the team right now, it'd be a real shame if that enthusiasm was to very quickly fade away. And I think this is something that Camiso and the management of Fiorentina have to be aware of, that now the transfer window is closed and they're not making signings every other day and they're not going into sort of deadline day and Fiorentina are the talk of Serie A because they're going to get this Brazilian, they're going to get Bobby Duncan from Liverpool, they're going to get all these other players. Yeah. Um, now that that's stopped, it's up to the coach and it's up to the players to perform, the proof is going to be in the pudding as to what, how good this team is. And unfortunately, they've had a really tough start to the season. fixture
1: list not been kind to them either. Not I mean, at they've, all. They've got Juve next, as we said. They go away to Atalanta, of course, a Champions League team now. then they, um, I think they play Sam, but then they go to the San Siro, don't they? So yep. it's a very, very difficult start for them.
3: Yeah, and I think they played really well uh, for an hour against uh, against Napoli. Uh, and again, with a really young team. They've tried to bring in experience this year with Ribéry, Boateng, Milan Badel, but it's still a very young team. And they've promoted... Players who were on loan in the second division last year, and now look like they'll be playing more regularly, like Andrea, um, like uh, Ricardo Sotil, um, the winger, and also Gaetano Castrovilli. Um, so again, Mancini very much uh, encouraged and pleased by by what he's seeing there. But they they played really well for an hour against uh, Napoli, then faded, and Napoli's quality showed. But the the other game against Genoa, they yeah, they didn't wake up, they didn't start until the final fifteen minutes, and they could have they really could have uh, been lost that game by a a much bigger margin than 2-1. And there's been a lot of focus on Chiesa because, again, this is another thing that Camiso has done which is really popular. Not only sign Ribéry, but keep Chiesa because at the start of the window, there was a sense that Chiesa was gone, that he had agreed personal terms with Juventus and he is the star of this, this Fiorentina team. And Camiso is like, I don't really get why teams have to sell their best players. You know why, mm. why? Why should you do that? Um, he's he's on the contract. I'm not selling him. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna end well. <laughs> <isn't it? laughs> but have you but, heard of Maracardi? <laughs> well, I mean, there's a sense that Chiesa has to get his head right, but um, some of the chances that he's had and uh, he just hasn't taken, and he's hit the post or he's either snapped at shots. Um, I think that's more kind of his game really, rather than his head not being in the right place. In that he's a very kind of fast paced, looks to beat players 1v1. He plays at 110 miles an hour. And sometimes it's really hard for those players to actually set themselves, compose themselves and finish. And that's something that maybe he's he's still got to work on in this game rather than his him being disappointed that a move didn't happen in the summer. So but this is a massive game, Luke, mm. at the weekend Juventus. It's the game of the year in Florence. It always is um Fiorentina fans you know despise despise Juve Juve are a bit indifferent they're like our rivalry is with Inter and Milan not with Fiorentina and Torino um, but you know whenever uh, whenever a player goes from Juventus to Fiorentina they have to be they have to go uh, undergo de-hunchbacking which yeah. is essentially to, to cleanse them of, of their past with, with Juventus right um, so, so Paolo
2: Sosa said on, on Ramble Meets that it, it took time
1: really okay for yeah. them to warm to him yeah I can imagine. Well we we'll look forward to it. You'll be there, won't you?
3: So, yeah, I know. It should yeah. be it's a sellout again and I, I still expect there to be the atmosphere that we saw on on match day one. Um, you know, I, I I'm looking forward to seeing camisa go you know, before the of Fiesta, he maybe stand with them. He was asked to go and watch the game with them, but he's like, "I'm an old man. I've got a bad back." Oh, really? So <laughs> he, he can't go full Will Ferrell. <laughs> no.
1: no. <laughs> he, although he might go Ferrell if they get beaten.
3: Alves. Alves con Messi. Messi para Xavi. Vamos a ver qué hace Xavi. el balón. Xavi. Qué balón para Messi. 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 marcar. Messi. Gol.
1: Andy, you've identified this as, as, as your big game for the weekend coming up. Um, RB Leipzig against Bayern Munich. Of yeah. Course. yeah! Marcel Sabitzer in the middle of the park. He's had a good start to the Well, he has. Yes. And Sabitzer! I, and I wanted to ask it in a more pointed way of you, Andy. Leipzig have, have won three out of three. They're top. Bayern Munich in second. So even at this early stage, it's, it's top versus second. Do you have Leipzig as favourites for this game?
2: I don't know if I have them as favourites, but I think they go in with a 50-50 chance, certainly. These
1: were your tips to mount a serious title challenge this season.
2: Yeah, right? and I, I think the first... We've got a small sample size, but the, the opening weeks of the season have only added to that feeling, certainly. Um, it's not just the games they've won. It's, by and large, the, the, the impressive way in which they've done it. Um, I think especially the away wins. What we need next from them is a definitive, away perform, uh, a definitive home performance, because um, they... They looked a little bit tired in the in, in the closing stages of the, of the game against Frankfurt, in against a team who should have looked tired, who though they're, they're just coming off the back of um Europa League action, I'm tracked. Um what better stage on, on which to give it than than against Bayern? I think you look at previous seasons, um, when Leipzig have looked the part and they've played Bayern. They've played Bayern a lot deeper into the season. I mm. think that the placement of this fixture, and you talked about Fiorentina's um, calendar and what an effect that might have on them. I think on, on the flip side of that, the fact that Leipzig get to play Bayern early on before they're properly set, I think is a really, really good opportunity for for, for Leipzig to do something. And because it's Bayern, they'll be able to play like they want to play on the counter-attack a little bit more. You would expect Bayern to, to have more of the ball. And Bayern under Kovac have tended to play at quite a slow pace on occasions. So, when you bear in mind that Leipzig are rugged, Leipzig work well in transition, that's something that could play very well for them. Of course, you think of Timo Werner and his his pace. Um, the relationship he has with Yusuf Poulsen is absolutely tremendous, but they've got other options going into the final third. Um, you, you look at Emil Forsberg, who's looking more like himself, um, scored in the international break for Sweden, of that vital goal against Norway, of course. You've got Christopher Nkunku, who's come across from uh, Paris Saint-Germain. Patrick Schick, your mate, might even get a little go.
3: Schicky. Yeah. C'est schick. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that works out because I think before um, Sheik went to Roma, he's a player that I thought was going to be the next big thing, you know, in terms of his, the class that he has, the elegance, um, sense of imagination as well. Some of the things that he was able to pull off at Sampdoria, which I've rarely seen players other than Dennis Bergkamp be able to do, um, and just went to a team that yeah, was unsuited to him, mm. um, and at a time which was, you know, difficult for him after Juventus pulled out because he failed a medical. I think, yeah, that was that was difficult for him. But um, yeah, I mean, talking about that style uh, that Leipzig have and how it might suit them. I mean, you look at their sixth for possession in the in the Bundesliga. They're not a team that likes to mm. have a lot of the ball. Only fifth for like pass attempts, pass completion, and yet their xG. It's the highest. It's yeah. it's eight eight point two. Well, Werner's
1: right? talked about that
3: before. You he was saying you
1: wouldn't expect Schick to start, would you? They'll play with Werner and
3: no, Pulse,
2: no, they? They, they will. And I think initially, at least, th- this maybe works for Schick. If you no. go back to they've become my started German started to... team now. They?
3: <laughs> they? really have. Yeah.
2: When when he first started to catch <laughs> the eye for Sampdoria, furious will be it was me. it was it was contributions from the bench, wasn't it? Yeah. And so
1: really, yeah. But that's he's... always that's always a lot of a young player coming through most of the time.
2: Yeah, but he's failed to establish himself at, at Roma. Yeah. He's great for
3: the Czech Republic. I mean, he scores pretty every international break for the mm. Czechs. That's well, a different standard, but...
2: I, th- I think if he gets returned to that, that good spot at Sampdoria, it maybe helps him recreate that feeling of someone who can come on and affect the game. And that's what Christopher Nkunku as well is having to do um, mm. in the early weeks of his career uh, at Leipzig. It's bloody difficult to get in that team because they're seriously good. And, um, you know, what you were saying, James, actually about their predilection to not have possession I mean that was certainly a a second album syndrome problem for them when um they they started that that season in the the second season in in the Bundesliga because Timo Werner was one of a number of players who said well when other teams give us the ball we we don't really know what to do
0: Mm.
2: now Nagel's man I think will help them move on from that I think already again it's small sample size you feel as if what they already had has been lifted ten or fifteen yeah. percent. The influence of him is 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 pretty clear already, and that was always the thing. He was always the biggest signing, I think, ahead of re-signing Werner, ahead of signing any of these these new players, ahead of even keeping uh, a Pemikano, who um is, they, they hope is <coughs> is going to be fit again soon because got terrific, well. uh, yeah, terrific young defense they they have. It's, it, it's it's astonishing the fact that he's shown at Hoffenheim how. When they had a far bigger turnover of players than I think he'll ever experience at Leipzig, the fact that he is someone who makes his teams tactically adaptable, who challenges players, who pulls a little bit more out of them, he is their signing for for, for this season. A signing that you know he's a coach that people expected to go to Dortmund or to to go to Bayern, and he's he's ended up there and. If he's gone there, it's because he believes he can win the Bundesliga here. Mm. And this would set down an incredible marker if, if they were able to to do something.
1: And will Bayern Munich, just very quickly before we finish up, will Bayern Munich, uh, Leon Goretzka's injured, isn't he? Yes. Will, that, will they miss him in a, in a game like this? I mean, uh, there's talk of him playing, I mean, I think they have played Joshua Kimich in central midfield, haven't they? Yes, More they recently. have. They it's, have with Pavar at right back. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, if Goretzka's fit, presumably he slots in there and he plays.
2: Uh, yeah, sometimes. Um, I, I mean, I kind of wonder what Goretzka's medium term future with with Bayern is, because if they get to the point which some would argue they should have already got to, um, and they do take the plunge and, and sign Kai Havertz from Leverkusen for, for next season, can you fit Havertz and um, Goretzka in the same team? Do you want to? those mm. two in, in, in the same team and clearly if they're spending an absolute fortune on Havertz which I will have to do to, to, to get him he will, he will take priority and he, he should take priority you know he's the, he's the more uh, talented player and you know we've seen his importance coming into the German national team as, as well um, I'm not convinced just yet that Bayern know exactly what they are this season. Um, of course, they're still adapting to bringing in Coutinho, uh, to bringing in Perisic, who both had their first start just before the international break against Mainz. But again, you know, we talked about Portugal and how comfortable it looked in Lithuania. If you look on paper, the way, they, um, the way Bayern thrashed Mainz, okay, it looks great on paper. It looks like ruthless old Bayern. They were losing for half an hour in the first half. Hmm. Half an hour against the team that are bottom of the Bundesliga with no points. They've got work to do.
3: Well, Kingsley Coman had a very good international break. Which Fantastic. Is encouraging for them. Mm. Um,
2: with, with him, it's never about output. It's, it's all about fitness, isn't it?
3: Yeah.
1: What better way to end the show, than not they? You're re- going like this? Yeah, did a return?
3: The helicopter?
1: No, did yeah. a re- <laughs> did return t- for the games of the weekend
0: section.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fiora, Juve, and ender- yeah, yeah. return. Yeah, of the games snuck of
0: the it in there. Section. This was a Stakhanov production. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen.